0: This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.UBS.com for further information about UBS.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research Podhub. That's a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts. On the pivotal questions and the events shaping today's markets. My name is Patrick Hummel. I'm the head of the European and US Auto Research Team at UBS, and I'm joined by Paul Gong, who heads the China Auto Research Team. Paul, thanks very much for taking the time. Thanks, Patrick. Um, we uh, want to talk a little bit today about our latest uh, Q series, baby, uh, if you want. The era of software, a $700 billion opportunity and how it's going to reshape the auto industry. My first question, Paul, to you is, if we look at the landscape in China, the automotive industry has become a real innovator, be it in the field of connected vehicles, over the air updates, be it uh, in the field of uh, driver assistance systems so that you can basically drive your car more or less in autonomous mode already today on highways, etc. And last but not least, uh, even in robo-taxis, which would be, you know, fully autonomous vehicles taking people around in the big cities. Uh, would you say China is a global leader? already in that technology and uh, can you talk a little bit about
2: the innovation power of the Chinese industry in that regard? Yeah sure. I think before we address the autonomous driving we can have a review of what is happening within electric vehicle and throughout the 2022 China accounts to roughly two-thirds of global EV production and sales and we can already see the dominance in the uh, EV supply chain like battery or battery materials that is even stronger. Uh, I think certain uh, advantages of this market, it, it is still existent. It's a big single market. It has a, a very efficient and uh, and fast responding of the supply chain. Uh, it also has a pretty fierce competition, different participants uh, in Europe that is driven by the traditional car makers. A long list of the Chinese local players responding to the latest trends. So if we call, say, China kind of like dominates the global EV production and sales, let's say five years ago, that would be a very bold claim, but it is a reality for now. In terms of our term shriving for now, uh, we still cannot say it is already a leader. After all, everyone is just at some very early infant stage. But indeed, we can see there is some characteristics in China that is different from the rest of the world. The ecosystem is a little bit different. There is predominantly the hardware as a redundancy as the a LiDAR is almost like a standardized. A high-definition map is almost like a a standardized within this system. And uh, sometimes it even involves to the vehicle to infrastructure communication. Based on this assumption, it could probably facilitate in terms of the technology, safety, redundancy, as well as the regulation approval. These are certain advantages in the China market it has. And it also involves more participants. It's not just a single company working yet. You get multi-company in almost every single niche segment, not only from the car makers, you get more players, but also along the supply chain within the LiDAR, uh, within the, 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 the map providers even. So, so mm. I, I think this kind of like diverse ecosystem, it is indeed different from the rest right. of the world. You know, we're doing this once per year UBS Evidence Lab
1: survey in the largest car markets globally, and we can clearly see... Uh, For Chinese consumers, uh, over-the-air software updates are a must-have. They want to have the latest in connectivity and and driver assistance features. Uh, that's even more important to them than, let's say, uh, uh, how how the car handles a corner or something. Whereas in other markets, um, especially in Europe, uh, people are much, much uh, slower in adopting these new technologies or making them a must-have when they purchase a new car. Uh, So if if we focus a little bit on the the connectivity side, I was mentioning that $700 billion uh, opportunity by 2030. Autonomous driving is just part of it, but connectivity in the vehicles is another key element. How are uh, Chinese OEMs monetizing uh, that connectivity? Is it just something they have to offer to sell the car because consumers expect it and our consumers are not directly willing to pay? Or is there a way to actually monetize through subscriptions or functions on demand, whatever? Uh, Is that a real
2: opportunity uh, for the Chinese car companies? Um, I think the direct monetization right now is still fairly limited. Uh, full self-driving, so-called FSD subscription in China, but it's really not really that welcome. I guess less than one percent, if they are lucky, they, they get this uh, mm-hmm. subscription. Um, but indeed, when you are having these features compared to those uh, um traditional cars without these features, it's at competitiveness in the car market, so it helps you to sell the car, especially if you are thinking about the, the, the Chinese um, car buyers, this is pretty much the first generation buying the cars. Most of them are buying the, many of them are buying their cars in their lifetime. How much they focus on, they see the handling, the driving, the acceleration, if this car is like 0.3 seconds faster than the other car, can they really tell? Hopefully not, but when they sit into this car, this car is just like a pretty traditional, Mechanical. This car has a big screen inside that, and you can not only have the navigation, but also have the infotainment systems that uh, your passenger sitting in your car can watch the the, the movies throughout the non time driving, or you can plug your your switch box, your game console into the screen and directly play the the the, the games inside the car as if this is another living room for you. Then. This shows quite some difference versus the, 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 the incumbents of the traditional cars. And uh, it even gives you a feeling that they are competing in the different digital era. And when you think about say, the Chinese, Chinese market is a kind of like leadership in terms of the um, mobile internet, there is indeed such ecosystem or the consumers' uh, willingness or the, their attitude to mm-hmm. embracing all this ecosystem.
1: Right. And um, if you think about, uh, you know, the strength of the local industry and it's on the one hand driven by the car makers, the, um, the EV pure play uh, companies, so to say, but also by tech uh, companies in the space. Um, so how would you in- envision, let's say, the long term future, what's going to be owned by the car companies and what they can also monetize and, and what's going to stay with the tech companies? And maybe as a B part of that question, um, what does all of that mean when it comes to the globalization of Chinese auto companies? Can they go with this tech stack um, that's made in China or will big geopolitics uh, become a significant hurdle in, in globalizing um, Chinese connected vehicle and autonomous vehicle technology?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think, The the line is getting uh, less clear than it used to be. We see the traditional car makers, they also add these software features, this connectivity into the car, and they might have some uh, uh, startups working on the software uh, incubated within the bigger group uh, for that. We are also seeing the tech companies to produce cars on uh, trying to deliver it with uh, latest features, either in the uh, uh, intelligence or in the, um, say, the the, the 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 autonomous driving technology to deploy this. So we're, we're seeing nest clear the bottom. And uh, after all, it makes the innovations in the industry kind of faster than it otherwise just participate by the traditional guys, and this competition drives the technology improvements uh, faster perhaps than many of the other markets. After all, this is still a big single market. When you think if you get success, you can really grab a big market, even with a very small share, that is already enough to support your scale economy. So these are really some of the exciting moments, but with all this positive, we still have some caveats. that is, Number one, all these ecosystems, especially smartness, when you move to another country, you have to not only say change the language setting, but even the the, the data connection or the home uh, infotainment system in terms of the content is might be totally different versus what is in China. That is a big barrier. And I would say the deglobalization or the um, geopolitics uh, between China, especially between China and the U.S., this might kind of like uh, create a, create a little bit separate markets. That makes it mm. the 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 um, the ecosystem might be pretty different in China versus outside China, or in China versus in the Europe. And that is not only limiting the companies playing a bigger role in the global stage, but also kind of like preventing the global consumers joining the, the, the best technologies uh, are within the world, the most interesting features within the world. That might be some kind of like challenges.
1: Right, right. I mean, we see it already elsewhere, um, that that sort of regional fragmentation when it comes to batteries, the new uh, regulation in the US, um, the EV tax credits and and, and the manufacturing of batteries, local content requirements, that's sort of driving de-globalization. So in the end, it will just... uh, mean that some technology is not available to consumers in, in some markets or the cost of it will be more expensive. But uh, that seems to be uh, the overarching trend for not just automotive, but uh, I guess in many other industries. So um, if you were to sum up here, uh, Paul, um, what would you say will be the key milestones for your companies, the Chinese automakers, EV players in the next few years in terms of you know capitalizing on that opportunity of connected and increasingly autonomous vehicles
2: yeah, sure. I think number one, the um, the EV penetration this would continue to go up within the China's uh, passenger vehicles. Last year it was twenty eight percent penetration. This year we expect it to further rise to thirty seven percent. And uh, within the next five to ten years, essentially, this would be um markets with almost full electrification, without any government subsidies. The subsidy just ended five days ago from this recording. Um, so it's running by the market itself. And secondly, in terms of the autonomous driving, I would say um, it's probably a gradual uh, improvement of the features uh, coming from say the, uh, the, uh, the 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 driving assistance system, which is more similar to what we have today in the cars, gradually into the um navigated-guided pilot or self-guided pilot on the highway, then coming to the mm-hmm. urban area and eventually to more, uh, say, full autonomous driving, this might be step-by-step, and some of the features, we, we do not really excited, could tell excited in terms of the timing, but in terms of direction, I think this is still heading to it, to and um, I, I will say, in terms of the um the competition landscape, this might also change a little bit. Uh, number one, the domestic Chinese markets. Uh, for many years, the foreign brand has played the bigger role, the, the, the majority of the role. The, the 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 market share of foreign brands used to be 60, 70 percent, but uh, throughout 2022, this becomes only 50 percent, and Chinese brand grabs the 50 percent. But so uh, within the, the electrification, the Chinese brand has uh, like eighty-five percent of the market share in China's uh, car EV markets, and that helps them to kind of gradually further get market share within the overall passenger car markets with the EV penetration getting higher. And they might yep. also becoming kind of in the export force. Um, I, th- I think in last year, China already bypassed uh, Germany and becomes the world's second largest exporters of cars only after Japan. But when you think about, say, the, the the EV, as well as some of the interesting features in adding up, I just came back from the ASEAN uh, EV trip, and we are indeed seeing some of the features, like say the intention features, like say the voice comments in Thai language. This becomes a pretty standardized features within the Chinese cars export to to, to Thailand. Um, So Hmm. the the new energy, the new intelligence features, this becomes a kind of like a, um, a driving force for it.
1: So Paul, uh, many thanks um, for uh, taking the time. Um, this was uh, another episode of uh, UBS Research PodHub, and uh, we hope you found this introduction overview of uh, the field of connected and autonomous cars, uh, especially with a focus on China useful. My name is Patrick Kummer, head of the European and US Autos Research Team. And uh, I was talking to Paul Gong, head of the China Autos Team at UBS Research. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thank you.
0: This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, Regulatory or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.